Dynasty Football Factory and the Dynasty Football Network. That's Addison Hayes. I'm John Hogue, and this is Super Flexible, a podcast about fantasy football's alternate scoring and settings with a general focus on the quarterbacks for Superflex leagues. And today, we get to approach Superflex from a whole new angle. Our voice of reason, Jake Anderson, is in the basement this week. So, Addison, we get to rank our old quarterbacks as high or as low as we want to take them. We get to make extreme proclamations without fear of ridicule. Yes. (laughs) But we have a capology genius, DFF's own Jason Waltner, um, to bring the uh, fantasy IQ in this room um, back up to a normal level. So don't worry, Jake. Uh, we're, uh, we're, we're still eating our vegetables here. Um, so let's do our worst, Addison, um, before, uh, before we bring Jason on. Let's do some start sits for week number three. Let's, uh, I'll let you go first. Give me, a, give me a start and a sit for week three. Um, if, uh, if you just so happen to be make, making some tough decisions on quarterbacks. All right. So, so my start for week three, uh, I'm, I'm looking at Detroit right now. I'm seeing that the Atlanta Falcons are coming into, coming into town in Detroit. And so I'm starting Matthew Stafford. I think this is going to be a, a pretty high powered game, uh, offensively. I think that the, Falcons are going to, you know, be putting up a lot of points, and because of that, the Detroit Lions are going to have to match it. And so, because of um, the almost no run game for the Detroit Lions, um, Matthew Stafford's going to have to throw the ball. And even though that Falcons defense is is pretty legit, uh, I have faith in Matthew Stafford and his ability to get the ball get the ball to his pass catchers. Uh, I'm I'm really happy that Eric Ebron finally came onto the scene here. Uh, Monday night against the New York Giants. So uh, I'm I'm starting Matthew Stafford, and I'm starting him with a lot of confidence at home against the Atlanta Falcons. And as for my sit, um, I had it between two quarterbacks here, um, one, one being Jared Goff, who is playing Thursday night against the San Francisco 49ers. Um, I'm not a fan of Thursday night games. I'm not a fan of the matchup, even though it is the Niners. Um, but you know they they gave Russell Wilson you know a pretty rough time on Sunday, and so uh, I'm I'm just typically just going to stay away from Thursday night games, and I I might shy away from Jared Goff here. But my real sit this week is going to be Tyrod Taylor. Uh, he struggled this past week uh, on Sunday, and now he has the Denver Broncos coming into town, uh, an elite pass defense uh, against a team with. Very little offensive weapons, uh, and you know the, the, they should be able to bottle up. Uh, they should be able to bottle up Tyrod Taylor uh, in the in the run game and in the passing game, eliminating his dual threat. And so I'm just not a fan at all of starting Tyrod Taylor uh, as a super flex option this week. Uh, for my start for week three, I've got Cam Newton, um, and you know, for, let me let me preface this by saying. It pains me to say that he's plummeting in my rankings right now. Um, he had, he's had two exploitable matchups, not great matchups, um, but uh, definitely some some exploitable matchups. And he just he 
he still looks like he's shaking off the rust from the from the preseason and i don't know how much longer i can use that excuse um now he loses his tight end greg olson to a broken foot uh that could be several months um and uh so it's it's definitely a little bit scary to me but he's at home this week with the New Orleans Saints and that terrible, the worst pass defense in the league coming into town, they just made 40-year-old Tom Brady. I, I, they allowed him to set career records, new career highs for for, for passing uh, proficiency. So uh, if, if, you, if you can't win with Cam Newton this week um, at home against New Orleans, I just I don't know when you're going to be able to do it. Um, as much as that breaks my heart to say. And then I'm going to sit Dak, Dak Prescott. Um, I think that, uh, first of all, he's on the road at Arizona, which is a very good pass defense. Um, Patrick Peterson on uh, on Des Bryant means, um, you know, one of your, it, well, your easily your biggest weapon is just out of commission for the entire game. And uh, they've got the pass rush. They've got the... They've got the secondary, Tyron Matthew shadowing Jason Witten, takes away one more weapon. Um, I just, uh, and, you know, and Dak just had such a horrible week this week um, here in Denver. And that's, it's a lot to ask for a young quarterback to bounce back from that and take on a, a defense like this one. So I'm sitting Dak Prescott if there's any way to avoid starting him. Our first guest on this week's episode, Jason Waltner from the DFF Army, at Mr. J. Waltner on Twitter, and he's the co-host of the upcoming Capology 101 podcast. Uh, you can follow the, that podcast at Capology 101. Um, real quick, Jason, uh, before we really get into the salary cap stuff, um, tell us a little bit about the podcast. Uh, do you guys have a drop date, and um, what days are, uh, are can the listeners... I look for this to come out on a regular basis. Yeah, hey, thanks a lot for having me on, guys. Um, yeah, Capology 101, uh, our goal is to uh, educate the the fans on how contracts actually work in the NFL and how it actually impacts us in the dynasty format. Uh, a lot of guys will see, you know, someone signs a contract for five years they think that player is all set with that team for five years, when in actuality, they can only be there for two. Uh, an example is Lamar Miller. He just signed his deal. Uh, if he doesn't play well this year, he could be cut uh, for a little bit of dead money, and the team could move on from him. But everyone thinks he has a you know a four- or five-year deal. Um, so that's what we're trying to do, uh, just put more of that information out there to have people buy early, sell. You know, It's always better to sell a year early than a year late. Um, so that's that's kind of what we're hoping to have people do, understand uh, the dynamics of it. And uh, we're looking to drop it uh, hopefully next Tuesday. And on Tuesdays is when uh, listeners can look to uh, hear that podcast. That's so awesome. This is going to be – this is one of the, the podcasts that I'm the most excited about. I can't wait for this one to drop. And I think that this is a really, really useful one for fantasy football players um, I think that uh, the fantasy owners need to definitely take into account what some of these players' contracts look like. Um, so, uh, what are who are some of uh, some guys that you think uh, 
or, or just kind of some general some general contract structures um, that you're going to target for a buy low potentially type of player, um, maybe a sell high type of player. Well, uh, for like a buy low type of player, uh, someone we would look at is maybe um, it's kind of more of an up and coming player. Uh, maybe someone, example, Jimmy Garoppolo, um, which we will get on him today. Uh, you know, he's a, he's the second guy behind Tom Brady right now. No one's giving him much thought. Uh, he's pretty much on the afterburners right now. Um, so, you know, he's a guy that, like, when we get into it, uh, he's going to be a free agent next year, and he's going to go to a team that's going to he's going to start for. So you get him now. You know, you could get him incredibly low. I actually picked him up off our waiver wire. Um, so, you know, and I'm pretty sure he's probably out there on a lot of people's waiver wires right now. So they could probably go and snatch him up, and then next year they could have, you know, a quality uh, starting quarterback that's uh, relatively young and sat behind Tom Brady for a few years. And, and then um, a sell-high kind of guy would be like Jarvis Landry. Uh, you know, he's a PPR machine. Uh, he's in the last year of his deal. Um, and, uh, I don't know if there's going to be much room for him in Miami with, you know, Devontae Parker there, uh, Kenny Stills, his salary inflates by quite a bit, uh, to a point where it can actually handicap them. So he's probably going to price himself out of Miami. So he's a guy where, you know, sell him now, uh, because, you know, let's face facts. A lot of these guys, they chase money, uh, and I don't blame them being their year, you know, their, their career is so short. But usually the teams that have the money are the bad teams. And, uh, you know, they'll go for, to like, for example, let's say Landry would go to Jacksonville. Um, yeah, that wouldn't put well for him anymore now, would it? He's not, you know what I mean? So, you know, so, and I don't blame the guys again for chasing the money. But, you know, that you have to be uh, aware of that situation and where he can land and everything. So might as well. Sell him high while you know where he's at, rather than uh, entering the seas of you know unknowing. So I I kind of want to do an article for DFF on uh, fantasy frauds. I've got a handful of guys, um, and uh, Jarvis Landry is definitely on that list. So if he ended up with Jacksonville, I, he goes from being a fantasy fraud to just being completely fantasy irrelevant. That's that's yeah. that's as long as Blake Bortles is there, anyways. But yeah, um, it, absolutely. Man. Or if he goes to the Jets. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's there's a handful of team. I mean, Buffalo. Basically anywhere. <laughs> yeah, <there's>, yeah. There, <laughs> that's that's part of what makes him a fraud, right? There's there's not a he he doesn't do as much for you fantasy wise, anyways. But I mean, he's got to be in the right situation. But anyway, I mean, I could I could badmouth Jarvis Landry, Alshon Jeffrey, and as Addison well knows. Russell Wilson, I could, I could talk <laughs> about these guys for hours, if not days. Um, but we want to respect your time here, um, so let's let's move on to uh, let's let's get into some of these specific names. And I, Jason, we're going to have to have you back on the show um, throughout the uh, throughout the season and the off season for sure um, to help us kind of make sense of of where some of these quarterbacks are going specifically. Um, since this, since this is a quarterback centric podcast, um, let's start off with a listener question from Derek Martin on Twitter. He asked, "It looks like Andrew Luck will miss half the season at this rate. I know not to sell, but what are your thoughts on how this affects his future?" 
And uh, kind of from there, we were wondering, you know, the rumor now with Andrew Luck is that he might even want out of Indianapolis. Um, to me, anytime there's smoke, there's fire. So, you know, that rumor came from somewhere. Um, is his contract going to, you know, is his contract going to allow for that? And um, how much is that going to hamstring the Colts? And what would a new team have to be able to do cap-wise in order to make that trade happen? Well, see, this is, this is a prime example. Uh, he, he's only in year two right now. He just signed his new deal last year. Five-year, $122.9 million with $87 million guaranteed. Wow, I'd love to have that. Um, <laughs> so, he personally, I think they're going to end up putting him on IR this year. Uh, they're probably going to be like one in six by the time he comes back. So there's going to be no point in even just bringing him back at all. So I think they're going to put him on IR, try to you know gain some draft capital that way so they could be picking at the top of the rounds rather than the back of the rounds. So they get maybe finally get the guy some help on the O-line. But uh, he's not going anywhere anytime soon, um, at least not next year. Uh, he has a $24.4 million cap hit, which re- would result in $22 million in dead money. That's a lot of dead money uh, just to have in a ghost. Um, so I don't see him being cut next year. Uh, however, in 2019, they could probably definitely give him a cut. Uh, he will have a, a, a cap hit of uh, almost $13 million for dead money. But if they were to do what they call call a post June one designation. Basically what that does is each team is allowed to have one player designated as a post June one cut when they can cut them whenever. Um, me being a Cowboys fan, they did that with Tony Romo. Uh, as soon as the you know, new year, new year league started, uh, they cut him like five days after as a post June one. So that was like in March. So basically what happens is, is the dead money gets split between two years uh, kind of to soften the load. Um, so they could do that with him if they wanted to in 2019. And uh, it would actually make it a lot more salvageable for them where uh, they would only have a dead money hit of $6.4 million in 19 and 20. And it would save over $21 million in 2019. So just to see the cap savings that the team would get from using that designation, it, it would, it's definitely something that is extremely plausible. Uh, I'm not going to say it's going to happen, but $20 million, $21 million, that's a lot of money to save mm-hmm. on a guy, especially if he keeps getting hurt and your team sucks anyway. <laughs> so what's the difference at that point, right? So, right. yeah, so like I said, I don't see him going anywhere next year in 2018, but 2019, uh, that can definitely be be an issue for him so i i think you hit on something very important there uh with you saying that uh you believe that he's going to be an ir uh for this year which Mm -hmm. actually is becoming more and more plausible as the season goes on um so that's that's actually really interesting uh as you know dynasty owners of of andrew luck who is you know has been the if not the first quarterback off the board board and superflex startup drafts you know, definitely a top three option just because of his age and his elite production over the past two years. Uh, but, you know, if he goes on IR, that's a lot of owners are probably going to be looking to sell him 
uh, just because, you know, of this the injury the whole entire year. It lasts a year. What is he going to be like whenever he comes back? Uh, and so, you know, with me looking at what everything that you just said with his salary and everything, it gives me more confidence that when he comes back from the injury, he might still be behind a terrible offensive line, but he's not going anywhere. And so his situation really doesn't change from what it has been for the past few years where he's been an elite quarterback. So that that gives me confidence in his stability uh, in being an Indianapolis Colt after this year. Now, one thing that could happen, though, is if he does start making enough rumblings that he wants to get out of there. Now, I know Ursay uh, is really not one to give in a player demands, but he could get traded. And what a trade does is all the dead money would be uh, assessed to the Colts, being they were the ones that guaranteed him the money. And whatever team they traded him to, so let's say they traded him next year, for example, to someone for, I don't know, two first-round picks or something like that. Um, the other team would only be on the hook for his cap hit. So it would be $24.4 million. But if they wanted to cut him, they could cut him at any time with no dead money. I'll say that again. They can cut him at any time with no dead money. So there's really no tie to keep him on the team. You know what I mean? So let's say, you know, he's basically, he could be a one-year rental at that point. So there's someone who's launching touch the waters. So there's really kind of no reason not to do it if you're one of these other teams that, you know, feels like they're a quarterback away. You know, maybe uh, – Washington, assuming Kirk Cousins leaves, or um, you know, Houston, oh well, yeah, yeah, Houston is a well. They, 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 I think they feel like they've got their guy. Um, uh, I could see Denver doing it. Denver, Denver is kind of where this question came from. Uh, being here, right <laughs> in the middle of of all the the pot fumes that came up with the idea that we should trade for Andrew Luck right now. We'll give you Trevor Simeon and Shane Ray and Justin Simmons and two first round picks. And I'll be up getting it done. Well maybe maybe the two first round picks, but yeah. at that point too, you have to realize that they, they would be if I'm Indianapolis, I'm gonna think they're probably gonna be towards the end of the round, being yep. that they'll probably go deep into the playoffs with uh with that happening. So um I don't I don't know if that would that's really a plausible idea. And then also, we have to take consideration that you need cap space. You need $24 million in cap space in order to sign him. So um, I don't know if they would if they would be able to have that right now. Yeah. So like I said, we're, we're going to have to have you back on the show. Um, we just have so many questions for you on this first, <laughs> this first time through. And uh, there's no way to get to all of it. Um, because, I mean, later in the season, though, we're definitely going to have to revisit this one. Um, but I uh, I want to move on from a quarterback who's not going anywhere to some quarterbacks who have a definite chance of uh, getting shipped out um, based on their salary. Uh, or do you have a few a few names in mind of some quarterbacks who uh, who you know they're in walk years or they're um, you know they're they've got a team friendly type of uh, contract that that the team could get out of. Um, here in this upcoming offseason. Yeah, absolutely. And actually, the first one on the list for me, I think he's in big trouble, guys. Andy Dalton. Um, Next year, he could be cut with only $2.4 million in dead money. That's 
for nothing. I hate to say it. <laughs> some change in NFL. You know what I mean? So, you know, he's in real trouble. And I think it would save the club almost $14 million. Wow. So uh, he's in real trouble next year. So if he doesn't pick it up, he's, you know, starting next week. Uh, I mean, I... I, I mean, I you guys know you hear the fans already talking about they want him out of there. So yeah, I think Andy Dalton's in big trouble. Uh, someone who's a little more obvious, Carson Palmer. Uh, if he were to get cut next year, it's about six point three million dollars in dead money. Uh, Hoyer could also be cut with only two million dollars in dead money. Uh, Breeze is in the last year of his deal, so they don't really have a quarterback right now. And uh, Tannehill could also be cut next year for uh, a little over four and a half million in dead money. So. For quarterback uh, positions, this is relatively uh, minimal dead money that would have to be, you know, sacrificed for these guys. Uh, now, just, you know, the question is, if you're going to get rid of them, who are you going to bring in? So, I mean, that would just be the next question for any one of these guys. I mean, Denver, is Elway confident in Lynch? You know, does he really think that he's the guy coming up? I mean, he can't even beat out Trevor Simeon right now, even though he looked like a freaking rock star last uh, this past Sunday against my boys. And then, you know, Cousins, uh, you know, he uh, personally, I think he pigeonholed himself. Uh, when you're signing a deal for $28 million a year or for a year, you know, it's going to be really hard to live up to that contract. You have to put up, you know, Peyton Manning record-breaking numbers in order to justify that deal. You know, $20 million, and they're not looking very good right now. So, so um, that would be a hard one as well for them. And then, uh, you know, the Jets, they're the Jets. So, I mean, I think they're probably more likely going to spend what their top overall pick on a quarterback. But, um, you know, that's also an option for, for you know, quarterbacks as well. I want to go back to Cincinnati. Uh, you said right. that, you know, Andy Dalton could be cut for, you know, basically chump change, like you said, $2.4 million. Um, one of the biggest backup quarterback names in Superflex Leagues uh, is A.J. McCarron. And I, actually, while you were talking about Andy Dalton, I was interested. I looked up his A.J. McCarron's contract, and he's actually a restricted free agent after this year. Yep. Um, so if they ship out Andy Dalton, what kind of... Uh, I'm assuming that they would keep A.J. McCarron because that would mean that they, you know, they would try to move forward with him as their feature. Um, does he get that kind of contract that Dalton has right now, I'm assuming? No, absolutely not, because uh, with restricted free agents, um, teams have a lot more leverage and control over those guys, so they'll probably hit him with what they call a first-round tender, where I think it's like $3 million, and he and it's wow. either he signs that and plays underneath it, or uh, he doesn't sign it and he's not playing. And we all know if you're not playing and you're not doing anything, you're it's going to be hard for you to get another contract somewhere else. So, uh, yeah, so that's that's what they're probably going to do with him. They're going to hit him with, with a first-round tender just so they don't have to spend that big money right away. And actually, it would probably be smarter on their end. This way they can see what he what he has for only $3 million or it's like $3.5 million, something like that. Um, or then if he doesn't play well, they just move on from him. Or if he plays well, they give him a new contract. They can extend him. So I think that would probably be the smart play for the Bengals on that one. Wow. Okay, that's interesting because so that's something for a lot of you know dynasty Andy Dalton owners to be aware of that maybe you want to go out and you know grab AJ McCarron here soon 
uh, now might not be the time to do it because of Dalton's recent struggles and, you know, the McCann owner might drive up his price a little bit. But that's that's very interesting. I, this, see, this is why the salaries and the contents and everything is just so... It's a bigger part of dynasty fantasy football than we realize. And so I think that just makes AJ McCarron that much more, uh, you know, valuable in Superflex leagues. Yeah, so they have all the control with him. So he he's not going anywhere. And again, they sign him for a first-round tender... So that, that, that's it. Or they could, I mean, I doubt they would sign him for anything less because then it could encourage another team to come in and match that tender. Because uh, if um, someone were to come in and match, they would have to give them a first-round pick. So, I mean, now, I don't know. Would a team like Denver, who will usually have a really low first-round pick, be willing to do that? Because I think, cause we all, I mean... We all know, for the most part, there's only really like 18 true first-round grades in the draft. So, you know, at that point, it's just a high second. So would Denver be willing to give up that first-round pick to sign McCarron to a $3 million deal? Something to think about. What do you say, John? (laughs) (laughs) I well, I mean to be honest with you, I don't I don't know that you're necessarily upgrading from Simeon to to McCarron, but I I, I'll say this, I mean his name came up this offseason. They're still not sold on Trevor Simeon. I, I have no idea how they feel here in week two after seven seven total touchdowns between passing and rushing, um, in the first two weeks of the season. Um, but there was definitely a time not that long ago where A.J. McCarron's name was coming up quite a bit. So, I, yeah, I wouldn't rule it out. And um, it sounds like the price is fairly reasonable at this point. So um, I'd say it's absolutely something to keep an eye on. You, uh, you, give a, you gave us a pretty good list there, Jason, of, uh, of some guys who could be on the move. Um, so here we are in week two. Uh, look a little bit into the crystal ball. I know that there's there's still a lot of football to be played and a lot of decisions to be made. But uh, at this moment, are there any big QB moves that you could see coming next year? Oh, absolutely. Um, Cousins for the first part. I he's not staying in Washington. I just think he's just like I said. I think he pigeonholed himself there. He was in a situation where he was pretty much set up to fail just because of how big his contract was. Um, so, I mean, Cousins, he's definitely going to be on the move. Could he, you know, go reunite with uh, Kyle Shanahan in San Francisco? Possibly. Uh, you know, I, I, I doubt they'll do it for $28 million a year, but, you know, that can definitely be something. Because um, personally, I don't know. I just, I just think Cousins never wanted to stay in Washington just because they never gave him that deal uh, early to begin with. So that's why I think he kept just playing them along and just seeing if they would just keep tagging him. So uh, I, I think he's definitely gone. One that uh, not a lot of people probably have thought of, and this might put a little people, uh, put him on pause a little bit, but um, Drew Brees may be going to Minnesota. He's in the last year of his deal. Uh, I don't know if, I mean, let, you know, I'm pretty sure everyone knows at this time, what is it, four straight years of 0-2? Um, so I, I just don't know if they'll just want to keep bringing him in for that kind of money. When the team's not winning, uh, at that point, it's not worth it. Uh, you might as well just go with the young buck, and either he does well, or you have a high draft pick. One of those two things. So I could definitely see that. Ha- you know, that could definitely be an option for him. And um, with Bradford, uh, you know, he's going to be a free agent after the end of this year. It's all going to depend on his health. 
Uh, everyone knows about his uh, ACL right now. There's too much scar tissue for them to see what's in the MRI. Uh, that would put you know huge angst in me if I had uh, that responsibility of signing him to a deal. So I could definitely see him getting a three-year deal. It's really a one-year deal, kind of like uh, what Mike Glennon got. He got a three-year, $45 million deal, but it's really a one-year deal uh, the way they structured it. And then the big question uh, that everyone's been asking is, uh, where will Jimmy Garoppolo go this offseason? Um, I definitely do not think he's staying in New England like some people do. Uh, I don't think Brady's going anywhere. Yeah, um, so why would he want to stick around and play second fiddle again for a year or two, uh, sitting on the bench when he can go somewhere and start right you know, next year? And then on top of that, he'll get to, uh, depending on what the Patriots do, they have some options they can do to try to control him. But um, they could, uh, you know, he gets to pick where he wants to go. And I'm pretty sure that's a situation that he is very much looking forward to. And there's some really interesting ones in there to me, by the way. Um, the, the Cousins to San Francisco one, that's, uh, you know, that's been talked about quite a bit. Um, even before he he signed his uh, franchise tender with uh, with Washington this past offseason, yet again. Um, but there's a couple of these. You know, we've, we've, on the Super Flexible podcast here, we've been talking quite a bit about the Vikings situation. Um, I've been talking about Sam Bradford as uh, you know as a as a sleeper this season, based on the fact that he's playing for uh, he's a he's essentially auditioning for a job. Um, meanwhile, mm-hmm. Te- you know Teddy Bridgewater is on his way back. It looks like he'll actually make it back to the ac- active roster this season, and you know they're going to have some decisions to make on both of those guys. The one thing that we haven't considered that you just brought up, and I love it is the idea that both of these guys are gone. There's, you know, instead of instead of trying to figure out how to make the right decision here with, you know, a young but uh a young quarterback whose knee is soup or, you know, the the slightly older quarterback who's been a little bit of a journeyman and is running into injury problems of his own, why not just scrape it clean and go with a with a totally different guy so i love that angle um do you uh do you do you feel like minnesota is going to have the cap space to go get a drew Brees? they definitely could because right now they have about they're going to have about 41 million dollars in cap space so they can definitely re-sign breeze for a one-year deal uh you know make it heavily uh incentivized uh, like I said, just one year. So you know it's coming off the books the year following. Uh, and what I, I would do if I were them is I would sign Drew Brees, if he wants to do it, I would sign Drew Brees to a one-year deal. And I would still try to re-sign Teddy. Uh, he hasn't been wildly successful in the NFL. He won't be commanding like a car deal or anything like that. Uh, you try to get him. Uh, you know, sometimes it takes these guys one full year to get their confidence back and everything. So you sign Breeze to that $25 million one-year deal. You sign Teddy to right now on the cheap for a uh, you know, four-year deal where it could really maybe be a two-year deal, but you still have control for him for the next four years. And uh, you let him sit there and watch behind Drew Breeze for a year and uh, gain his confidence back in his knee, build up the strength and everything like that. So this way, uh, maybe he could be ready for the year following. So this way, you're, you're hedging your bet, lack of a better phrase. You're hedging your bet. What what kind of deal would 
I guess, would Drew Brees be looking to get? Because uh, I've heard upwards of $30 million uh, for you know something that uh, he might be able to get next year if it's not with the Saints and with you know another team that would be willing to pay him for his services for, like you said, for even a year just to make a Super Bowl run. Uh, what what well, kind of figures are you looking at? Well, here's the thing with that he's going to have to understand. If he's going to want to chase the money, he's going to go to a crappy team. And if he does, if he wants to win, he's going to have to take a pay cut. That's just all it comes down to. Um, you know, if he wants to go to the Jets for thirty million, I'm pretty sure that we'd love to have him. But he's going to suck. Like they're, they're, he's going to get he's going to get beat up. So you know, that's just the thing. Like a lot of teams just have to realize, good teams don't have a lot of cap money because they have good players, and good players cost money. So he's that's where he's going to have to make his decision. Uh, does he want to go after the money? Or does he want to maybe sign a $22 million deal with the Vikings that if he gets to the Super Bowl makes him a top three paid quarterback? So, so that's yeah. the only way I see that getting yeah. done. So speaking of this, uh, do you have you identified uh, some teams? Uh, I'm sure you have. Um, <laughs> this, is, this is kind of the, the impetus behind the Capology 101 podcast. But so uh, let me rephrase which teams – um, have you identified that would have enough cap space to potentially make a big move at quarterback like a Drew Brees? Yeah, no, absolutely. And actually, believe it or not, uh, being that the cap raises so much now and every uh, every year and teams are about to roll over money, there's actually there's going to be 13 teams that will have almost $30 million in cap space this year, which is you know it's a pretty good amount now. The only thing is with inflation and everything like that, I don't know how many players you can get for that $30 million now. But it's still a significant amount. And here's the thing. Uh, Indy, even with luck on the books right now, they're going to have $65 million in cap space next year. Which, I'm sorry, if I'm Andrew Luck, why, why on God's green earth do we have that much money open? Like, why didn't we sign Ron Leary? Like, why didn't we go after some of these other tackles? Like, I would, maybe that's what he wants out, man. He just sees they don't spend the money right. And Pagano doesn't know what the heck he's doing over there and they're he's supposed to be a defensive mind their defense is terrible um so they're gonna have 65 million dollars and that's not counting trading luck washington's gonna have about 50 million dollars because half of that is all locked up in cousins and he's coming off the books the jets are gonna have about 55 million dollars in cap space again with them i don't see them really making a big move in the quarterback uh, market uh, i think again I, I personally think that they're gonna have the first overall pick next year and uh, they're going to go after one of those quarterbacks. I want to all decide one to do a Peyton Manning. Um, San Francisco is going to have about $40 million in cap space. So, you know, they'll be able to sign someone. Arizona, $29 million. New Orleans is going to have about $27 million. Um, so, you know, those are the, uh, the ones that I highlighted to, that will have the most cap space that could pretty much sign, you know, $25 million quarterback. Now, in New Orleans, they signed a $25 million quarterback. They'd be right up against it with only $2 million left, and they have a ton of issues, which is another reason why I see them getting rid of Drew or just not re-signing Drew Brees. They just have so many holes and so many places. They can't allocate so many resources into one position anymore, especially when you still stink. That's just that's it for me. When you still stink and you put all that money into a quarterback, there's just no point anymore because what's the record difference between having Drew Brees or having Josh McCown, not much of a record difference. So, and there's a ton of difference in money. So, you know, 
that's the way I see that playing out. But those uh, those six teams, they're they're they uh, they don't really have a quarterback next year. Well, Indy does, but if they decide to either trade him or whatnot, but um, those five teams, especially Washington, the Jets, San Francisco, Arizona, and New Orleans, uh, and actually Minnesota too, they'll have about forty one million dollars as well. Um, they're the ones right now that next year they don't have really a uh, quarterback on their roster. That's a disgusting list. <laughs> yeah, of, you know of teams so, that. Uh, it's just like if any if any quarterback were to go, you know, anywhere, it's not really looking good for their prospects fantasy wise. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. And that's what happens if you chase the money. These are the teams you're going to go to. The like you like you mentioned earlier, Jimmy Garoppolo is is a big question mark uh, going into this upcoming off season. Um, just flat out, man, what is the situation in New England um, as far as their quarterbacks go? How do you see this playing out with Brady and Garoppolo? Uh, personally, I, I, Brady's not going anywhere, if you ask me. Um, I know he's old, or older, um, <laughs> but last week, as we saw, actually, I don't know if you guys knew this, but last week was the first time in his career he had three touchdowns in the first quarter, three passing touchdowns. He never did that before. I didn't is know that. Right? I was like, really? Yeah, yeah, see, that's right. That's <laughs> crazy. <laughs> you would think that he's done that at least like ten times already. No, it was the first time ever. So, just when and again, it happened last time after his suspension. You know, everyone. Oh, he looks old. He looks old. Well, he didn't look very old last week. I'll tell you that right now. And I mean, I just I can't see New England just cutting him because um, I don't think he's retiring. And unless Robert Kraft wants. Bostonians to come down with the pitchforks and torches and just burn down Gillette Stadium. He's not getting rid of Tom Brady. So I, Tom's not going anywhere, in my opinion. Um, now, uh, Garoppolo, on the other hand, he's going to be unrestricted next year. Uh, now, there are three different tags that the Patriots could use on him. Uh, the one that everyone knows is the exclusive franchise tag. That's where uh, no, he can't negotiate with any other clubs or anything like that, and he would get about $22 million for a one-year tender. Um, then there's the non-exclusive tag, which uh, actually lets him go out and test the market, and the Pats get the right of first refusal, and if they decline, they get either two first-round picks or agreed compensation. So just uh, that's a little misnomer that a lot of people think is that if you sit there and you give someone the franchise tag, you have to take two first round picks that's not really the case uh so if they wanted to take a first and a third they can definitely do that they don't have to take first the two first round picks um and then the one i think that they're probably most likely going to use on him is the transition tag and what that and it's going to be approximately uh, 20 million dollars it's the average of top 10 salaries and basically all that deal does is it gives the patriots the right of first refusal uh and we all know Bill Belichick, he'll keep control of you any way possible. Um, so by putting that transition tag on him, they get to see what the market is going to dictate for him. And this way they just get the right of first refusal. And if someone wants to pay him $27 million a year, they're going to say thanks, but no thanks, Jimmy. Uh, you've done a great service for us. Bye-bye. Um, or they could actually go the unrestricted free agent route and depending, and there's there's a formula for this, but depending on 
who they sign in free agency, including their own free agents, um, who they sign in for how much for an annual of next year only. So let's say, for example, Jimmy were to go and sign with uh, the Jets for, you know, $22 million a year, $20 million a year. Actually, you know, that's really high. What am I talking about? Uh, I see him more being around 16 to $18 million guy, uh, maybe 14. Um, and I'm just basing that because if I was his agent, first deal I'm going to is Mike Clennon. Uh, he got three years, $45 million at $8.5 million guaranteed. So that would be my floor for Jimmy Garoppolo. So with that being said, what they could do is just let him go in the market, be a free agent, and if they don't sign anyone close to his value that he signs, they'll get a, a draft compensation pick, and the highest they can get is a third-rounder. So they'll still pick up a third-rounder for him going somewhere else as long as they don't sign anyone else to that annual deal. But, um, you know, that's Bill, he's, he's been doing that for a while. That's why you see him. He'll take someone like a Chandler Jones. He'll take them on the second-to-last year of their deal so he gets to see what they got, and if he doesn't want them – They'll go out in the free market, get a big deal, and he gets a third, fourth round pick back. That's the genius of Bill Belichick right there. So, you know, um, that's one way they can go too. So I think those are probably the two most likely ways. Either they're going to transition tag him just to give the right of first refusal, um, or they're going to uh, just let him go walk, and hopefully they get a third round compensation pick back for him. So many scenarios. That is interesting stuff. Um it does make my head hurt uh, quite a bit. I'm, <laughs> I, I am, I'm definitely not a numbers guy, but that's why Capology 101 is going to be such an amazing podcast. Um, cannot wait for that to drop next Tuesday, September 26th. Uh, really looking forward to that one. Who else is on that one with you, Jason? Uh, we have uh, Brian, Hawks, uh, Brian Hawks, and then uh, we have uh, Tom Rex. So, yeah, so guys, check it out, Capology 101. Oh, can't wait, can't wait. You know, this DF Network just keeps coming out with more fresh and focused content, and this is just the latest one. Capology 101 is going to be so useful and so important for fantasy players, for Dynasty players specifically. Um, so definitely check that out. Give them a subscription and uh, and, a, and a download. Um, we're looking forward to that first episode. And Jason, like I said, we're going to have to have you back on, man, because there's just so so much in this NFL season um, yet to come. Still, uh, you know, all everything that we think we know here in week two is probably going to change by the end of the season. And uh, so we're going to have to catch up with you again and see uh, see what you think is going to happen with these quarterbacks. But for now, um, we're going to let you get back to crunching numbers and uh, analyzing salary caps. And um, really want to thank you for your time, man. This has been uh, this has been an excellent experience, um, very eye opening, and uh, um, just really appreciate you coming on and, and taking the time. Yeah, man. No- problem guys anytime you guys need me just give me a shout i'll jump on with you you know we'll do it that's jason waltner from capology 101 check out that new podcast this coming tuesday september 26th some very good stuff there from jason waltner really appreciate that uh the capology tutorial there um let's go on to some listener questions on uh twitter we first of all we had randy nasty um ask us a couple questions um, for the podcast. This first one is 
is Trevor Simeon for real? Um, and then uh, a follow-up question on that. Who won this trade? Trevor Simeon and a 2018 second for Carson Palmer and a 2018 third. Um, I... As a Bronco fan, I've got some very specific thoughts on this, but I'm going to let you go first, Addison. <laughs> you pronounced his name Randy Nasty? I think it's Rand Dynasty. Oh. <laughs> it's a play on his name. <laughs> I think he's got some uh, very deceptive uh, capitalization going <laughs> in his name. All right, yeah. No, you're probably right. Rand Dynasty. There you go. Uh, my bad, Randy. anyway to to this question um is trevor simeon for real he's for real in the sense that he's a starting quarterback uh in the nfl for a denver bronco team that has two i would say two borderline elite pass catchers um i think emmanuel sanders is probably the most underrated wide receiver in the league and they're definitely, you know, one of the top receiving duos in the league. And so, I mean, as long as he, he has both of them there, and, and C.J. Anderson has been looking really well, or looking really good this this uh, this season as both a runner and as a pass catcher out of the backfield. So I've been really impressed with him. I just hope he can stay healthy. Um, I mean, Sim- Simeon is, you know, a quality, I think right now, a quality QB3 who has – uh, is playable as a QB two, and we've now seen him now with QB one upside. <laughs> I mean, I don't know how much longer that's going to continue, um, and I don't know what the what his outlook is for dynasty in terms of long term value, because um, I, I, I can't really speak as to what John Elway is going to do with that situation after this year. But if Simeon keeps up the pace with what he's doing right now, uh, there's really not going to be any reason for them to shy away from him. Uh, at least not in the near future. And then as for as for the trade, I'm I'm all aboard the Simeon side. Um, I think the 18 second in and of itself is worth probably Palmer. Um, so that would mean that Simeon for an 18 third I, I think is an absolute steal. Uh, so I think the the Simeon and the 18 second is a side that I'm I'm pretty heavily favoring at this point right now. Yeah, what I, say you, John? I, I first of all, I definitely agree with you on the trade. I think you won that one twice. You know, Simeon. I take Simeon over Palmer, especially in a dynasty league. And uh, I've got, you know, obviously, an 18 second over an 18 third. There might be some people who would, uh, who I, I guarantee you that that Twitter poll still wouldn't be a hundred percent. But no. uh, <laughs> ninety three to seven. Yeah, exactly. But yeah, it, I I love that trade. I f- I feel like you won that one twice. Um, as far as uh, Simeon goes, though, uh, yeah, like you said, I mean, keeping up this pace is going to be a lot to ask. I mean, he's on pace for forty eight passing touchdowns and uh, eight rushing touchdowns. <laughs> so um, <laughs> uh, I. Yeah, I don't. He's definitely not going to be able to keep up this pace. The schedule early in the season is very favorable. Um, later in the season, it's going to get quite a bit tougher, especially when some of these division games start kicking in a little bit. When they have to travel to Arrowhead, they've got to travel to Oakland. So I, I think that uh, you know you definitely take advantage of the matchups now and take advantage of the fantasy 
goodness, but I don't, I definitely don't think you can expect um, anywhere near this type of production for the entire season. But long term, I've got Trevor, I believe that Trevor Simeon hangs on to this job for a while. I think at this point, he's won two quarterback competitions. He beat out Mark Sanchez. He beat out Paxton Lynch. That doesn't feel like it's saying a whole lot now, looking back on it. But the fact of the matter is, they keep throwing guys at Simeon, and he keeps beating them for the job. And it's kind of not close. And It's to a point now where that locker room is completely sold on Simeon. Um, now the fans are starting to come around to Simeon. The only way that you're going to be able to replace him is to make some kind of massive, massive trade. Um, there has been a little bit of talk about, uh, you know, saving Andrew Luck from the sinking ship in Indianapolis. Um, but to me, that's the only way that you can that you can take Trevor Simeon off the field here in Denver. You've got to replace him with a future Hall of Famer, you know, a Drew Breeser and Andrew Luck. Otherwise. This is this is Trevor Simeon's job for the foreseeable future. And uh, also on Twitter, Derek Martin asks us, Sammy Watkins, is he a buy, a sell, or a hold? I think he's a hold right now. Uh, I mean, he's only played two games now with the with the L.A. Rams. Uh, he hasn't really done too much as far as uh, fantasy production-wise. Um, so because of that, I don't really think he's a sell, uh, just because I feel like his stock... It, it isn't now as high as it was in Buffalo uh, before the trade, and I think it has definitely has a lot of potential for him to to become more valuable in the near future. So for, because of that, I think he's a hold. Now, with that being said, I do believe that if his fantasy production continues like this for for a couple more games, and we start seeing you know that that Cooper Cup emergence even more, uh, developing that rapport with Jared Goff. I do think at that point, Sammy Watkins does become a buy. Uh, I mean, you can't deny the talent. Uh, the situation uh, is, I, I actually, I really like the situation uh, long term. I think in a Sean McVay offense with an up-and-coming quarterback, uh, a very young team in general, um, and if, if Gurley, you know, stays the way he is now maybe, uh, you know, that, that team could be very, very dangerous here in the near future. And I think Sammy Watkins could be a very big part of that. So I think he's a hold at this moment. Uh, keep watching him, though, because he might become a buy if his value starts to decrease. Man, where's Jake when you need him? Um, we don't have we don't have a voice of reason here. We're just going to agree on all of this because I'm <laughs> right there with you on Sammy Watkins. And I can hear Jake just running down Sammy Watkins uh, while he's listening to this, um, you know, making the... <laughs> sound effect <laughs> but, uh, no i'm i'm with you though i really like this offense and i think that uh sammy watkins is the number one guy i think that they've got some uh some really good matchups coming and the only other thing that i want to add um without i don't want to be redundant on everything you just said but the one thing i want to add <laughs> on sammy watkins is the fact that he is in a walk year so even if nothing materializes for him uh, with the Rams, um, there's a potential to move on to possibly a better situation. I mean, there's there's no way to bank on that, but a situation where he's going to be utilized more for sure. You know, the Washington Redskins are going to be looking for, potentially at some number one wide receivers in 2018. Terrell Pryor's on a one-year deal. 
Alshon Jeffrey was he on a with the yeah he's on he's on a one year yeah Mm -hmm. yeah so there's some there's some wide receiver one potentially some wide receiver one roles that are going to come available in 2018 and uh just in time for Sammy Watkins to hit the market so um yeah I think that you that you've got to hold and uh possibly buy if like you said if the if the value starts to drop Derek also asked us to uh rank Kareem Hunt among the top rookies right now and maybe even re-rank your first round um of rookies so I think that I kind of have a feeling this is going to be one where we finally disagree. So, again, I'm going to let you go first, though. <laughs> In Dynasty, ranking Kareem Hunt right now, I would, if I were to do a redo a Dynasty rookie draft right now, I would get Kareem Hunt at the, what would it be, the 104. Huh. Yes, I was, I was still taking him at the 104 behind okay. Corey Davis, yep. Leonard Fournette, and Dalvin Cook. I don't know if that's different for you. Uh, slightly, but um, we don't disagree nearly as much as I as I thought we would. I, I've do you I, have him above Cook? Uh, yeah, I've got him. I've got him one spot ahead of Cook, um, but I'm with you on Fournette. I think that that's a that's a much more stable situation for Fournette. That's uh, you you know what you're getting with Fournette on a weekly basis. And I've got Corey Davis, number one. I have all along. Uh, I've said it before, and I'll say it again. To me, when you're building a dynasty a dynasty team, it's so much easier to build around those wide receivers. So um, Davis has always been 101 for me, and uh, I, that that hasn't changed. I mean, if anything, it's only solidified that, the fact that the number of targets that he's getting and the chemistry that he's already developing with Marcus Mariota. I have no problem though if anybody says that they have Kareem Hunt as their number one dynasty running back. No, yeah, you could easily make that argument, and I wouldn't. I probably wouldn't disagree with you, especially right now. I mean, you know, yeah. you and I both <laughs> talk about the the two to three year window. Well, you know, if you want to go out and win a championship this year. Who's the guy? <laughs> there's there's one rookie who's gonna win championships, fantasy championships this year, and it's yep. the guy in Kansas City. So, yeah, there's an argument to be made there. I I still want the long term stability of Corey Davis, but I'm not mad at you if you want to go take uh, Kareem Hunt with the first overall pick. Yep, no problem if you take him from 102 to 104, maybe 105. If there's some McCaffrey fans in there. I, you definitely take him above Mixon. Yeah, I'm, yeah. At this point, along yeah. with that, yeah, yeah. So you've got McCaffrey ahead of Mixon, right? Yes. Yeah. Man, <laughs> this is really, really <laughs> boring radio or really boring podcasting. When all I know. we do is agree, like it's it's crazy. Like Jake is the voice of reason, but uh, <laughs> and he's probably. He's probably pulling his hair out right now listening. To Jake would be Jake would be sitting here going, "Oh, I, I can't believe you guys didn't have Dalvin Cook as your one hundred and one." Oh. <laughs> That's that that definitely could be true. <laughs> um, <laughs> and I know he's pretty high on Kareem Hunt too, so I I don't know. Yeah, yeah, he um, is. Actually, you know, a guy, I, one guy that I want to throw into the conversation um, that I actually think I would put ahead right now of Mixon. 
and possibly ahead of McCaffrey um, and right right there in the hunt and cook conversation is Alvin Kamara. He looks like he's carved out a much bigger role than uh, than I expected in that crowded New Orleans Saints backfield. He's mm-hmm. kind of become he's he's become their feature back um, unexpectedly, you know. With Ingram and Peterson there, it seemed like it was going to be just a passing downs role for Kamara, but here he is getting the majority of the snaps. Well, that's almost essentially what his role is because they're always losing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, that that definitely helps too. <laughs> but but yeah, I, I get what you're saying. It'd be inter- I'm interested to see how that New Orleans offense is going to look when Drew Brees leaves, um, as early as potentially 2018, like we just talked about with Jason. But uh, I mean. As long as Drew Brees is there, I'm still a Michael Thomas fan. I'm, a, I'm an Alvin Kamara fan. I actually bought him in one league for two 2018 seconds. Uh, so I, I like, I liked him before the pre-draft. I didn't like that he was all of a sudden a late first-round pick. Um, I didn't, I didn't think that was good for him. But I did like that he could have went to a really good team. And so, I think it, it's just a perfect, uh, a perfect you know, storm for situation and talent uh, for Alvin Kamara and the role that he has in that New Orleans Saints offense. Yep, absolutely. Man, yeah, if Breeze leaves, watch out. That becomes Alvin Kamara's team. Well, that'll do it for this episode. Before, but before we wrap up, let's get a quick update, Addison, on the Superflex Super Streak. Um, who's winning? Who's Who's got a four streak going? Uh, actually, no one. <laughs> <laughs> Man, this yeah. this is this is a comp- tougher competition than uh, than we thought it would be. Does anybody have a three? Yeah, actually. So the 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 first place guy right now, uh, Jason uh, on on Twitter at Let's Twit It Up. He's got three right now. Uh, he managed to double up in the first week, and then he played it safe on week two and only picked one quarterback. Got it right. Uh, so he's at a three right now. And we have uh, three other players currently tied for second with a two streak, and that would be you. Yeah, uh, I think you're. I think you're cheating. Uh, <laughs> it feels like it. I took Brady and Breeze. <laughs> That's about like cheating. Right, right. <laughs> uh, James at James underscore Farmer four, uh, and then uh, the other John. <laughs> At Empire FFL, uh, so he he had a two streak from week two, and then nope, John is at zero actually. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So right now it's just Jason's in first, and then you and James are fighting it out for second. Cool. And James yeah. made the same exact picks as I did. Went Brady Breeze. So um, sometimes the low hanging fruit is all it is is the way to go. Uh, don't overthink it too much just grab those guys who are uh playing against some terrible defenses and um start building that streak so anyways that's a really fun competition we've got a great group of people doing it um makes it a lot of fun and uh there's a, a little banter going on during the games so i would definitely encourage people to to still reach out and jump in if if you're interested um you know it's it's definitely not too late obviously uh you know a three a three streak right now is the leader so you can you can get caught up pretty fast if you jump in now 
That'll do it for us this week. You can find Addison at AmazeHaze underscore DFF on Twitter. I'm at DFF Dynasty Dude. And uh, the ghost of Jake Anderson is at NFL Draft Talker. Um, he'll be back in a couple weeks. You can also follow the Super Flexible podcast on Twitter at SuperFlexPod and send us your trades um, so that we can uh, we can get them out to the masses. Our trades account at SuperFlexTrades. We encourage you to check out the other DF Network podcasts, the Fantasy Football Fellas, the Dynasty War Zone, the IDP Edge Crushers, the Devi Watch podcast, and now Capology 101. Um, talking about salary caps. So um, another huge thanks to Jason Waltner from Capology 101 for coming on and and enlightening us on uh, some some salary cap talk. And uh, also thanks, as always, to the DFF Army, the Dynasty Football Factory, at DFF underscore Dynasty on Twitter, and the Dynasty Football Network, at DF underscore Network, um, for hosting and sponsoring this great show and all those other DF Network shows, um, bringing you so much useful content. And uh, DFF it right now is just leading the leading the charge on Dynasty Football Talk and now getting into some redraft as well. So um, if you could do us a huge favor, definitely follow us on Podbean. If you listen to this on iTunes or Stitcher, give us a rating and a review. That goes such a long ways, and we really appreciate that. Um, it helps so much with uh, with our ability to continue to, to grow and improve this podcast and to get it out to the masses. So if you could do that, we really appreciate it. Until next week, best of luck in week three.